I'm Bay, and you are listening to Bay Baltimore, a pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I want to talk about a few things that I've been turning over in my head, like the news with Kid Fury and his Lena Waithback HBO project, um, romance novels with black woman leads or black lead characters, um, online fast fashion boutiques, and the YouTube videos that I watch that talk about them, and a polarized America. So it flooded two blocks down from my house last Friday. Um, I live in a part of Baltimore where, actually all of Baltimore is like this. Baltimore is a super hilly, um, it's got super hilly, hilly terrain, and so Hubby and I, we live on a neighborhood that is virtually on the side of a hill. And so two blocks down from the hill, or from our um, street, it flooded. And flooded to the point where um, cars were sitting on top of each other because of the flood water. And, you know, if you pass by the street where it flooded, after the water receded, you would see the flood waters up nearly to the windows of the car. That's how high the flood water came and you know it's a combination of things it's just been a lot of rain in the area so you know the sewers backed up and you know fill in the blank but anyhow um yeah it just flooded in the area and as quickly as it came it's like a flash flood so as quickly as it came on Friday it it was gone again um and everything was back to normal on um Saturday morning so so yeah, that's kind of how my weekend started. That happened Friday night, um, and it was accompanied with hail too, which tripped me out. But cause honestly, since I've moved to Baltimore, I haven't heard hail, and I know that's silly to say, but <clears throat> you know I'm a Midwest gal, so you know I'm used to hearing hail and seeing tornadoes and all of that stuff and all this terrible inclement weather there. And I'm mostly my experience here has been like ter- you know bad snow and a few periods of torrential rain um but not not like hail or anything so anyway that was the start of my weekend on last weekend um and I don't know it kind of was all over the place from there um I also buried someone very close to me Saturday morning um which is always very hard um but because I'm me I had a Greek outing and a birthday celebration the same day. Um, and the celebration was in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. So that was a grip away. So, you know, me being me, I sang my heart out at the homegoing service, went home, put a cold towel on my face, touched up my makeup, prayed a prayer celebration for the person and the family, and went on about my business. And that's kind of how I am. You know, I'm super emotional. I cry when I'm sad, laugh, and giggle when I'm happy, and basically move through life like I have a battery in my bag. <clears throat> sometimes, you know, sometimes that rubs the hubby the wrong way, and he puts up a fuss, but ultimately, he's the one with the chair when I'm ready to sit down. That's my heart. That's my boo. And, yeah, so he's kind of the one that gave me the idea to just, you know, this episode just be random. So I want to talk about random things that I've been thinking about um, that have been on my mind in the last couple of days. And, 
you know, uh, I want to talk about Kid Fury, romance novels with black, um, black female maiden characters, online fast fashion, and polarized America. Yeah. So let me take a minute to talk about Kid Fury. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Kid Fury is an honorary and opinionated Miami-raised Beyonce and Golden Girls loving comedian who is one half of the hit podcast, The Read. He's a super relatable geeky black gamer who happens to be gay. Um, he basically started his career on YouTube before moving to the podcast world. Um, and he's, you know, he had a, a minute, um, in, uh, Dear White People too. I think he's guest starred on other things. I know that he was, um, a guest on Mouse Jones's, um, I'll Apologize Later episode. He was super funny and being himself there on BET, um, yeah, and so it was released um, this week that he is working on a project that is produced by Lena Waif. Um, and basically, I guess, I think the premise of the show is that it's following a black um, gay man from Miami who is a comedian and has recently been diagnosed with a mental health condition, I think depression. Um, and the sh- the it's like a 30 minute sketch series or whatever. Um, and it's just going to follow his life. And excuse me, I listened to the reads, uh, latest episode this week. And, um, they, you know, Kid Fury said that it wasn't necessarily about him, but it was more about the experience. And I really love him for that because even if it was directly about him, I just, I appreciate who he is. Um, and the person that he's kind of moved into, I can't say that I 100% know him more for YouTube in the beginning or found out about him in the beginning from YouTube than the show. I actually can't remember what turned me on to the read, but I definitely remember watching all of his videos and finding them super funny. Um, And I don't think I started watching on the first year I think I came in on like year two I think something like that the middle of year two or something like that anyway um but I found it funny and super relatable because it was basically all the things that I cared about they were talking about um and and talking about it in a funny way and I didn't always agree but I just it it, you know it's like having two friends in your head and so Imagine like a friend of yours, someone you consider to be a friend, giving given this awesome opportunity to do more with the talent you know that they have. Um, and that's that's how I feel with Kid Fury. I really think that just listening to him and share his ideas about like to me, he's a, he's a feminist. Um, he is very black woman centric, but nevertheless, he's a feminist um, in many aspects of the term and very much a champion for, you know, people to having basic human rights, but then also to be free and break out of whatever mold someone else put you into. And I am excited to see what his show is going to be because I know it's going to be funny because he's funny. Um, And I just pray that he is given all the license in the world to do what he does best, which is to make folks laugh. And I wish him nothing but the best. Um, 
And I was sharing with Mon, you know, when I heard the news, I shared it with Mon, my bestie here in Baltimore. Um, I don't even know why I'm qualifying it that that's my bestie. Um, anyway, um, and you know, we were texting back and forth cause that's kind of what we do. Cause we get off at both at different times and she works in DC and, and all of that stuff. So, um, but we were texting and, you know, just kind of both very happy about the news. But then the first thing that she said was, you know, I wonder how it will, or I said, I wonder how it'll impact the show. And, and she said, you know, I've been wondering how long how much longer the show is going to go and talking about the read and you know in this week's episode of the read they really didn't (coughs) excuse me excuse me for my cough um they really didn't talk about they just celebrated the opportunity um so yeah I hope it doesn't impact the read in any way but if it does it's you know it's a circle of life and I just wish nothing but the best for both of them um but I am super excited about this show and I'm glad to see more black people on HBO so um I think I've mentioned before but I am an avid reader um i read books often and I listen to audiobooks often and um here lately I don't know here lately I've been kind of struggling to find good books to read that hold my attention um you know maybe I'm just moody or in, you know just into different things um but anyway I've always since I can remember, I've always paid attention to who the love interest was, what agency she had, like was she reliant on a man to do something or reliant on other people to do things for her, or was she this independent person that could do things for herself but was looking for companionship and looking to be treated well by, excuse me, whomever her love interest was. Um, whoever was chasing her. And so, I, you know, I, I, I'm not the only one that does this. But for me, I always look for a black woman to be in that perspective. Um, I've shared with Mon and people who are really close to me know that, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. Um, many people know that I grew up in the Midwest, but my upbringing was basically the only black people that I really hung out with were my family members. Outside of that, there weren't a whole lot of black people that went to my school. There weren't a whole lot of black people that, um, well, I'll tell you, I was going to say that I don't, that I competed with in, in, in sports, but that's not true. When we would travel, you know, to track meets and basketball games, there would be other people of color um, that I would interact with, but nothing that I could sustain. So for the most part, like long-term sustained relationships with people of color was in my own house. Um, the one young, the one girl that I considered to be my friend at the time, um, her mother was part native, half native. Um, but they really didn't, they really didn't embrace that aspect of them. For the most part, they lived their lives as if, that aspect of their life wasn't a factor. So they basically lived like white people. 
Um, her husband was white. Her, so my friend's father was white and my friend's mother was um, Native American and Irish, I think. Um, anyway, but, you know, they basically live their lives like white families. So, you know, I, I really didn't see a lot of myself in the community, in school. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't friends with people who looked like me. And I really didn't see on TV a lot of people that looked like me unless I intentionally watched Living Single, Martin, you know, The Cosby Show, all the black shows. That was like my my outlet and, of course, BET. Um, So, you know, I really think that was one of the things that kind of just pushed me along to moving um, to a majority black city so that I can just be around more black folks and not feel like. I have to go hunt you, hunt for you. You know what I mean? Like search for people who look like me anyway. So, you know, in my books, I want to see black women leading things. I want to see black women being desired. I don't want to see it in a campy way. I don't want to see it corny. Although, you know, there is a place for corniness, but I want to, I want to read about black women doing things and they are not damsels in distress. They are not, you know, I, I want them to be wanted and desired, but I don't want to be no punks either. Anyhow, so girl, or I don't know if you're a girl listening to this, you. Um, anyway, so Audible uh, turned me on to different genres. You know how it suggests um, books that you might be interested in. And a, something in my reading habit told Audible girl you might like romance novels now if you know who I am I have a smart mouth and I have talked out of the side of my neck about romance novels for years definitely in my 20s because I thought they were just scamming women selling housewives pipe dreams and things um I will say today that I should I have changed my tune um I definitely see why there is a market for um Chicklet, I guess is what they call it, um, or romance novels. Um, they're still super campy in many places, unrealistic in other places, but they also do tell good stories. And apparently, <clears throat> I've read some, I was recommended two books that I just, girl, I devoured. Um, and so the first book, actually both books, I'll just talk about them. Um, so the first one was called The Wedding Date. Um, and it's by Jasmine Gilroy. Um, and the second one is London Bound by Nana Malone. Now, both books are about the busy and complicated lives of a smart uh, black woman or busy and complicated life of a smart black woman with an interesting job or career um, who begins a whirlwind love affair with a successful and unquestionably sexy white man who quickly falls deeply in love with the main character. Um, I don't know how that became my life because that's a little too fetishy for me. Um, but nevertheless, when I looked up books or tried to find books that had strong female characters, this is what came up. Uh, or black love interest in the romance novel um, <clears throat> genre, this is what came up. So I feel a way about that like again it's kind of fetishy a little bit but the stories are cool the story I can't deny the stories they're good stories um 
some books are better than the other. And so of these two, I would say that um, the writing in London Bound is a little bit better, but the story is better in The Wedding Date. Um, but both of them were gripping and both of them have steamy love scenes, which I was not expecting. I did not know that people put those in books and did not call it porn, but somehow it's not porn. Anyhow, um, okay, so let me just give you the little plot. Um, so for the most part, the wedding date, it's a woman, two people are stuck in the elevator. Uh, the woman is, uh, you know, a single woman who's super busy all the time. And the man is a guy who's super busy and they get stuck in an elevator and there's initial sparks and he's going to the wedding of his ex girlfriend who he broke up with because he was a jerk and he doesn't want to go alone. So he gets the, the woman, the black woman that he's stuck in the elevator with to come and be his wedding date. And then he lies and says they're girlfriend and boyfriend. And you know, the lie turns into reality. They become girlfriend and boyfriend. There's trauma. There's drama. I should say drama happens. They have a lot of sex and a year later, you know, things happen. So I won't spoil what happens, but, um, yeah, it's a really good, it's, it's an entertaining story. Um, Actually, I've probably given you too much of it anyway, but it's an entertaining story. I would say that you will probably get hung up at times on the writing, but the story itself is pretty good. Um, I would read this, I think myself, I don't know that I would listen to it, excuse me, on Audible. Um, sometimes the narrator, for me, sometimes the narrator makes the story and makes kind of bland writing come alive. And this narrator got on my nerves a little bit. Um, for the wedding date, but the book is still good. And I recommend that you read it. And then the next book is London bound and it is primarily set in da, 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 London. Whereas the wedding day was primarily set in San Francisco, um, Bay area. I didn't say that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Anyway. Um, so London bound is primarily set in London and long story short, a woman is fleeing a bad relationship in the United States comes and hangs with friends in um, London and falls in love, ultimately falls in love with this sexy, um, fancy guy who has connections and money and, and all of this stuff. And there's complications and, and blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't end the way that the wedding date ends. Like it doesn't, it doesn't wrap up in a pretty little bow, but it definitely wraps up and kind of gives you the, the, impression that there's going to be a, a book number two. So anyway, um, like I said, the, the story is good in London bound. It's just not as good as the wedding date, but the writing is better in London bound. Um, and the narration is okay too. I I'm not mad at the narrator, um, in this one, or at least I'm not as annoyed with the narrator or the reader here, um, for London bound as I am, um, with the wedding date. But overall, it just struck me that when I'm looking for, um, a book with a black female lead, two things struck, strike me. Number one, that the protagonist, that the, uh, the love interest, the love interest is a black woman, but the man is a white man. And I don't know if that's on purpose or if it's just just kind of how the story fell out. I'm not 100% sure about that, but it definitely sounds like it's speaking to an audience. Um, and both of these books have really great reviews, so I'm not the only one reading it. Um, 
also something that struck me the wedding date was written by a black woman london bound was written by a white woman um or i'll say this it was written by a white presenting woman um i don't know how i feel about that either um oh no i'm so lying london bound was written by a black woman and the wedding date was written by a white presenting woman and I would say that as you're reading it, if you are, if you live your life as a black woman, um, or a woman of color, I think you can kind of tell in the writing that, how can I say this and not sound like weird? It's written like the script of a white love movie, but it's got a black woman in it for the wedding date. If that makes any sense, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it definitely sounds like the dialogue, the dialogue sounds like something you would hear a white character say in, you know, one of those chick flicks, um, those, those chick flicks with a predominantly white cast. That's uh, the lead, the protagonist. She sounds like a white woman, except she's a black woman, um, she says hot a lot. And I'm like, I don't know too many black women that say hot. I know a whole bunch of black women that say fine, F-I-N-E, they're fine or foine or however you want to say it. Um, that's how my mama says it, <laughs> foine. Anyhow, um, you know, um, or that's bae or whatever. But like, if you're older, you say fine. You don't say hot. Nobody says hot. Um, so again, it's, she kind of writes like, I don't know. I don't want to pretend like she, this is a gimmick and hell, maybe it is a gimmick, but it just, the writing got on my nerves a little bit. And I think, oh yeah, I think the writing and the narration got on my nerves a little bit, but the story is really good. And I was, it was the, the story itself was compelling. The wedding date. What do I want to say about the wedding day? Uh, not the wedding day, London bound. What do I want to say about the London, London bound? Um, I think I was annoyed by the lead character. She got on my nerves because I thought she was a little too fragile and a little too flighty. Um, a little bit of a dingbat. Um, and I don't like dingbat, dingbat characters. D-I-N-G-B-A-T. Dingbat. Um, I'm, we're bringing the word back. Um, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, she was a bit of a dingbat. But I love the description of all the characters. Um, I love the story. I love this. I, I, I don't love this as the story as much as I love, um, the wedding date story, but like the sub stories, um, I thought those were kind of cool. And I do want to read a second book of this. So I hope that there's a number, uh, a second book comes out of London bound. Um, yeah, but I just thought it was interesting. There must be, I'm sure there's a whole world of romance novels that I don't know about. And I know that there are sub genres, that are super niche and, you know, cater to a certain type of woman or a certain type of reader. But, um, I'm intrigued. So I think I'm, I'm just going to ride this romance novel with black woman lead, uh, a lead character way for a little while, um, and see where I go. But yeah, those two books, I definitely recommend the wedding date by Jasmine Gilroy and London bound by Nana Malone. Yeah. So now I want to talk about online fast fashion boutiques. 
So I think a couple of weeks ago, I I said so I said I was talking about my summer fashion, what I was gonna wear to festivals and things like that, because I had my mind all made up on the thing I was gonna wear. And if you know anything about me, I changed my mind, like I changed my shirt on certain things, um, many things. Um, I have I contain multitudes. I am I am vast. Anyhow, <clears throat> so. I have recently, you know, I think I was watching YouTube because I don't want to front like I just wanted to change my wardrobe or do something different. But I was watching YouTube like I normally do. Um, And I came across some video, some try on video of a plus size woman um, from the UK whose name I do not remember. Um, Basically, actually it was it was a couple of women from the UK one was plus size one was smaller um one was brown one was light I'm just looking at a bunch of different just different youtubers different youtube women trying on different things I think I fell down a Fenty hole where I was looking at folks trying on Fenty clothes makeup and and the like and somehow or another it landed on fast fashion these these little boutiques these little places for the the cute girls you know with the big hips and the booty and you know, you know, top and bottom girls, um, you know, to go get these little cute something or others. Um, so YouTube did it anyhow. Um, so I started going on these sites and looking at plus size fashion, you know, club fashion, little sexy fashion. Um, and so the sites that I landed on were Boohoo, Pretty Little Things and uh, Pretty Little, yeah, Pretty Little Things and Fashion Nova, of course. Um, they all appear to intentionally sell fashion according to body type. Now there's a little asterisk to that because some of these models on here look like they have been modified, um, in some way, which, you know, do you, you got the loot, somebody gave you the loot, do what you want to do. Um, but some of these bodies look a little unrealistic to me and therefore the fit is going to do you dirty if you think that that, those jeans or that shirt or that skirt is going to fit you like it fits them anyhow um anyway these sites sell sexy clothes fashion nova i knew sell sold sexy clothes but i didn't know any i'd never heard of boohoo or pretty little things um so excuse me so um yeah, not everything, though, that they sell is club-ready, but you're definitely going to get some drinks or sitting with your booty pooched out on some rooftop eatery um, in these clothes. You're not, I guess you could sit around in your house, but, like, why when you look that good? Anyhow, so I'm going over these sites, and it's like, it's like I have Amazon, and regardless of what you think about Amazon and whether or not they're going to move their headquarters to Baltimore or blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I, I'm with you. I hear you. Um, I am part of the problem in many ways because I'm contributing in some way to toxic work culture because I want my prime. If I say I want something, if I order something at 9, I want it by 7 o'clock, as you said, that I would get it. Um, now, you should do your level best to treat your workers well and allow them to go to the bathroom without peeing in a cup, as some of the stories suggest. But, um, yeah, if I want something, I want it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway, but it's like, I want, 
I want to shop at these places, but it's like I find Amazon returns more easy and reliable. I have no nothing to back this up on. I haven't ordered anything from any of these places that I just mentioned, but it's like I watch these try-on videos and some of these things that say, oh, they're size XYZ, and these women put them on, and it's like, girl, where? Where is it size? Where is that ever a size 10? That is definitely a size 6. Um, or maybe not that drastic of a change, but it's definitely not the size or not proportionate to the size that they're claiming that that outfit or that piece of clothing should be on a real-life human being. Um so I don't know. I'm not like I've found some tough jumpsuits. I mean, you talking about you got the shoulders out just right. You talking about you got the thighs out just right. Some there's something called a tulip leg. I never knew there was such a thing, but it's like a tulip dress where you've got you've got it's like a, a V, but an interesting V where it looks like a, a flower petal um, at the V and Google tulip tulip dress, tulip pants. You'll see what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, there's these jumpsuits where it's got, you know, got just the right amount of cleavage out, just the right amount of shoulder out. And then you've got these tulip legs where, uh, pant legs, where essentially the tulip V begins right where some kind of short shorts would stop. If that makes any sense to you, just, again, Google it. You'll see what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, and I think I want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I think I don't want to wear a dress because why? But I want to have my little leg out, but I don't want to wear shorts. So I want to wear a tulip jumpsuit, a jumper. Um, anyway, or well, not a jumper, because apparently in the UK, they call a jumper a sweater, which blows my mind, but cool. Anyhow, um, yeah, so it's like I see things on there that look super cute. But I'm a little bit discouraged because I watch these little try-on videos and they're like, some things are a miss and some things are a hit. And I guess such is life. But like this fast fashion just kind of blows my mind because it's like, it's cool to see different things more easily and more readily um, online and, and, and different things that you would never see in the store, you know, like a department store here or something like that, unless you went to like a boutique. So you're seeing these cool things and you're seeing different prices um, or cheaper prices for something unique. I will say this. There's this place called Olive Olay. Um, I don't know if it's, it's, it's like a little department store. Um, how can I describe it? It's kind of like Forever 21, but like the hood version of Forever 21. So like Forever 21 is a little, the little teeny bopper I'm trying to be cute um I don't know I'm I'm so weird anyway Olive Olay definitely caters to um an urban an urban population whereas Forever 21 to me seems like it caters to um suburban kids and urban kids happen to wear clothes from it but it seems like it caters suburban kid to, to, to suburban kids anyhow um but I find that some of the clothes that they sell on Boohoo and Pretty Little Things and Fashion Nova, girl, you can find those at Olive Olay. Um, here's the kicker, though. They're more expensive at Olive Olay. So um, I'm, it's like I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try them on at Olive Olay, and then I'm going to buy them from the online store. Or is that stupid? Because ultimately in shipping, 
I don't know. I'm still thinking it through, but it's like, I want to get some of these sexier outfits just to be a little cute. You know what I mean? Do a little cute outing, you know, Afram's coming up um, next weekend. I got Afro punk that I definitely want to look my cutest um, at because Monica is definitely going to be looking cute. That little heifer. She looks cute without even trying um, because she's so trendy. Anyhow, you know, so I want to look cute. So We'll see. I might have an update on that, but just, you know, this little fast fashion thing just blows my mind because it's like, I've never, and maybe I'm just late, which is totally possible, but I didn't know that they were making, it's like they're making clothes for body types, but it's like a small girl that's got a big bottom, you know, genetically modified or otherwise in these, uh, in these boutiques, in these online fast fashion boutiques. And I think that's a good thing. Cause like, regardless of whether or not you're modifying your body or not, we aren't these straight sizes. And by straight sizes, I mean, you know, whatever that mannequin shape was based on that's been bogus. It's been late. Um, I think it's cool. I do think it's kind of dangerous though, to sell curvy as they call it. They call it curvy clothes with plus size clothes because just because you got a booty girl doesn't mean that you have thighs because I have both and how that fits on you is not gonna fit the same on me so if they make a garment that they say is for curvy and plus I guarantee you it's not gonna fit me because old girl doesn't have the same proportions that I have um and I just want fashion to move a little bit closer to being realistic in terms of you know, how things fit, but I, I'm, I'm still excited, um, that they're paying a little bit more attention, um, to how things fit on real bodies or not mannequin mannequins or models, but like people who maybe have a booty, but are super short, you know, or, you know, real big hips and no waist, um, or like a real tiny waist, um, you know, anyway, so I'm all over the place on this, but this is an all over the place episode. So boop. Um, but anyway, yeah, those boohoo, pretty little things in fashion Nova, they're running my mind right now. And I'm eventually going to get something from there. Probably a tulip jumper or tulip, um, romper, romper. That's it. A little tulip romper and be cute and post pictures and yeah, do the Instagram thing. So now a quick word on polarized America or polarized United States. Um, I guess the only thing I want to say about it is (laughs) what I mean by that is we are at this point that I think everybody recognizes that people feel that they have to be so firmly this thing that they will reject anything that remotely makes it appear as if you are on, on another side. Um, or you are not riding hard for this cause that you are standing up for, um, which is late and tired and it's so exhausting. Um, we overthink things in the media. We overthink everything. And I, I, everybody knows kind of why we're, we're doing what we're doing and that we're doing we're doing a little too much in terms of 
you know, every single thing that the president does, we got to analyze it and, and repeat why this is not a good idea. Of course, it's not a good idea. Of course, this is bad. Of course, we don't want our president to act like this. Of course, he and his administration are doing, undoing many things that were done by the Obama administration and even the Bush administration. Um, for however you felt about those things. But that polarization or being so far on one side of an issue, so far, so much in the bag for, you know, whatever you believe in, um, that you can't allow someone to grow and change their mind and evolve is upsetting to me because we all have evolved. I know myself, I had, I grew up with some problematic thinking that was basically out of isolation, but I moved, I went to college, I experienced new things. Um, my parents are at, for, oh, I was about to say something rude. Um, my parents are more open. Um, you know, they, they have always encouraged me to learn and not just take somebody's word for it and not just be okay with not ever rethink what I thought to be true. Like I'm a Christian woman. I was raised a Christian woman, but I was never raised in a household where I wasn't able to, as the Bible says, work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Everyone that professes to be a Christian ain't a Christian. Everyone that professes to be um, for black people ain't really for black people. And you got to know that. Um, and you got to know what to do with that. And I think that, I think there is a place where we need to allow folks the space to say some dumb things, keep them at bay until they are ready to stop saying those dumb things and start reading <laughs> reading a book, learning from people, listening instead of talking so much all the dog on time, and then accept them when they're ready to evolve. But in the meantime, that doesn't mean that we become so pessimistic that we don't involve ourselves in the political process on the local level, on the state level, and on the national level. That doesn't mean that we become so pessimistic that we just say, you know what, nothing is ever going to change and I need to move. Like, <clears throat> I know folks were talking more in in 2016 about I'm just gonna get up and move and I'm like okay that's cool for you but like I have roots here I have strong family roots here I, I've said on on other episodes before that I'm uh, something like an amateur um um what is it uh, genealogy genealogy um I person like I spend a lot of time doing genealogy on my family and you know, we got a lot of roots here, though we don't have any Native um, Native American heritage in us um, or even South America. We don't have any heritage except for Europe and um, or at least I don't except from Europe, parts of East, uh, Western Europe and never eat shredded. Yeah, yeah, Western Europe and um, all over all different parts of North Africa. Um, or at least Central Africa, I guess Central Africa. Anyway, um, but yeah, and my dad has a little bit m more because he's, you know, grew up in the Creole culture and things like that. So anyway, we've got really strong groups that I want to, that I want to spend some time honoring. And so I'm not leaving. Um, and in fact, I'm going to do all that I can that on the local level, um, some really good people get into power to do some really good things. And when they stop doing really good things, they got to go. It's that's what a TIST is. Um, <coughs> and so it's, uh, 
it's like it's like we spend a lot of time complaining but what good is that complaining doing if it doesn't turn into action um if you don't turn that creativity that you have into helping some neighborhood kid some little country kid into achieving their dream and along the way meeting people they might never have met before learning new things experiencing new things and being able to help put that grain you know plant a seed of of just learning and exploring in their cousins in their family in their parents um in their classmates you know what I mean like it does you no good to just sit back and complain like you're high and mighty um, and and always find these reasons not to be in certain environments. And I'm all for self-care and recognizing, taking your, removing yourself from situations that you know are toxic and that can ultimately um, put you in a bad headspace. But g- come on, like you can't be a warrior all the time. Like, no, that's not the right. That's not what I want to say. What I want to say is. It does you no good to isolate yourself and only create a community that you feel most comfortable in if that community does not allow other people to come into it Um, and other and it doesn't allow people to learn and grow to be able to come into that community. Um, That's no different than what we're up against. In my opinion, it's the exact same. It's the exact same. There's no difference. Um, and I don't know for many people that might come across as, oh, you just being weird. You're being an apologist. Um, you're giving, you're giving too much people too much play, but I'm like, (sighs) I grew up in a family that was very much, I grew up in a big, like my immediate family was small, but on my dad's side, the family was huge. And on my mother's side, the family is like midsize. And I grew up with my family members, all shades, all colors, talking about white people like they had tails, like they were literally spawn of Satan, but working with them in the daytime and kicking with them at uh, happy hours and whatnot, but then coming home and talking about them like they had a tail or going to cookouts and talking about them like they had tail, like I had a tail. And I'm just like, so... I've always had a problem with that. I've always had a problem with that. Again, I lament the fact that I grew up in in an area where essentially a culture less, did not appreciate cultures, only talked about different cultures in books, didn't really celebrate other cultures except for quote unquote American holidays as a culture, which we know that that's not a culture. We know that that's more of like of a business um, than an actual culture. Or maybe it is, but it's not one that I subscribe to. Anyhow, so we I've shared that I grew up in a place that was basically cultureless, and I hated that. I enjoyed I enjoyed the peace and the solitude a lot, but I hated the culturelessness that I was living in. And I enjoy the culture that I live in now. And I embrace the fact that just be, Baltimore is a majority black city, but we also have a growing um uh, new immigrant population that is that is Haitian that is um, excuse me Spanish speaking and from South American South American countries um, that is from um, you know uh, is it Pakistan Pakistan Pakistani um, there's a, a, a and some Pakistani is the main country that I remember meeting a lot of folks from who were new immigrants recently well recently within the last five years. Anyway, we have a huge, we have lots of culture here and it's not just black culture. It's a hodgepodge, uh, not a hodgepodge, I hate that word. Um, (coughs) 
there are there's a lot of different cultures represented here that ultimately make Baltimore the cool city that I think it is. Yes, it has a lot of crime issues in very specific places, mind you. Yes, gentrification is rearing its ugly head in a big way. Um, but nevertheless, it's a city that I come to love and I want to make it better. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm lending my efforts, my energy and educating my family, my my family in the way that I can um, to maybe think a little bit differently, maybe... Um, you know, create, educate ourselves, create these safe spaces, but don't be afraid to help, help someone along their journey that clearly is in a place where they want to be helped along. Um, you know, if you want to stay ignorant, that's your business. Stay away from me. But anyway, I just, I hate how, if you, how polarized we've become right now. And I just pray that we can kind of ratchet down the fever. I know that the implications are, the stakes are high. My parents are on Medicaid or is it Medicare? Whatever the, whatever it is, I apologize. Whatever it is where you are 65 and older and you get this, um, shoot, I'm so sorry. I sound real ignorant, but you know what I'm talking about anyway. And anything that threatens their access to healthcare is a threat to me. I take that very seriously. So I'm not playing games here. I grew up in a place where people would just wantonly, just blatantly believed what folks in power told them, even if it meant that it was in direct, uh, not violation, but if, even if that thing was going to be detrimental to their own lives and that's what hap- that's what's happening right now. Um, a lot of my parents' friends, a lot of the people that associate with my family, um, back home, you know, or back where I grew up, they voting against their pocketbook, but swear that they aren't folks in Southern Maryland voting, voting against their pocketbook. Didn't realize it. I don't know how you didn't. And now you hurting business is slow. Now we're importing crab from other States. The crab is here but we don't have people to pick it. So we got to get our crab from other places. Look at that. That's, that's what you did. That's what your ignorance did. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately only because it's just like, there are so, there are more things that unite us than make us different. Um, and in the nonprofit work that I've been doing since I've been an adult person, I see no difference between rural West, uh, West Virginia and, um, West Baltimore in terms of the poverty and the stacks against them, the no job opportunity, little job opportunity, high crime, high drugs, low hope. There's no difference. You just look different. The scenery looks different, but the oppression and the struggle is the same to me. Um, in many ways, it just manifests itself differently. Anyhow, rant over. Um, yeah, I just, I am hopeful for the future though. I am, despite how I'm feeling at this moment, I'm still very hopeful in my soul for the future because we are at a really great place where we can do something. If we don't do what we want to do, which is to flip the Congress, you know, my prayer is that these next these next years we will slowly right the ship somehow and through some other means yeah so 
I feel like we're at an exciting turning point in society. Despite the turmoil in the city's police department, Baltimore City's police department, I should say, and in the country in general. I also feel like I'm at a stage, a new stage in my life, basically. Um, Will there be more dark days ahead? Of course there is, no question. But the promise of what could be is pretty powerful to me, and I'm going to see um, what I can do with that energy to move forward and do something about the things I can deal with. Anyway... End of hodgepodge, mismatch, stream of consciousness episode. Um, yeah, I think I'll keep going on these things. Be sure to visit baybaltimore.weebly.com to check out my 3 a.m. jams and other random posts. I recognize that I haven't posted in a while. I'll get back onto that. Um, send me a message through the anchor.fm app or follow me on Twitter by searching the show's handle. Um, I really, really, really want to hear from you. Um, I want to hear your thoughts about what I've talked about, any problems, any suggestions. Um, I want to hear that. I, you know, I'm open. I'm open to, to it. Um, don't hesitate to give the show max ratings on Spotify, Google, um, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to the show. I would really appreciate it. Um, thank you so very much for listening. Until next time.